Faith for the Supernatural, part two, started last week. And we are going to focus on the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The name of Jesus. When you're talking about the name, his name, we are talking about his person. He was a person. And we are talking of his character. When you think about Jesus, think about this, how he walked on this earth. Jesus, we see signs, we see wonders, we see miracles, we see compassion. We see actually he is the express image of God. Now that's what I'm talking, we're talking about. When you start talking about Jesus, you need to see him as a person. When you use his name, actually you are as good as your name. Or your name is as good as you are. Is that so? When you talk about you, what do people think? In the office, they're talking about you as a person. They're talking about your character. So to speak, your personality. So, but we're talking about the name of Jesus. Let's go to Acts chapter 3. We see about the, the inception of the church, how much they had faith in that name. And then uh, in Acts chapter 3, now Peter and John, verse 1, went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who enter the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with the John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. So he's talking about what he has. What I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered into the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging arms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled, look at this, with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And then going to verse, verse 12 of it, uh, uh, Peter is saying, so when Peter saw it, people were amazed. He responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? So he's acknowledging this is our, not our own power. This is not our own godliness that has made this man walk. But let's go to the next one, which is what? Um, verse 16. And his name, whose name is that? Through faith in his name has made this man strong. I want us to, to come a little bit over there. And his name, we are talking about Jesus through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know, yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect 
soundness in the presence of you all. We are talking about his, his name, uh, which is his personal character. Church is talking about there, yes, the faith which comes through him, faith which comes through Jesus, has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of all. Faith in his name, through faith is in, in his name, he has, has made this man strong. In other words, church, you must have faith in his name to do wonders. It's, it's not a signature kind of you sign after prayer. It's a power. I want you to start thinking about this, about Jesus. You know, if you just meditated on him the way he, was, he walked on this earth, we're thinking of signs, miracle, wonders. We're talking about compassion. We're talking about love. We're talking about the mercy and the grace of God through this man. We're talking about devils being cast out through this man. So when you invoke the name of Jesus, all who he is is being brought into your situation. Just think about that. If you have faith in that name, all who is is being brought into your situation. In other words, look at your situation right now. What will Jesus do where you are? What will he do? Will he be in the situation that you are in and do nothing? I was talking to a certain man and talking to him about a situation, and he looked at me and said, this one, man, this has defeated me. I thought defeated you and you're supposed to be responsible, doing something? You don't allow anything to defeat you. There's no single day Jesus will say, I'm defeated. I don't know what to do. Listen, you have that name and you've been called into the family and we are going to look at some things uh, further into this. In Acts chapter 2 verse 22, Acts 2 verse 22 from the Amplified Bible, here miracles are happening and, and uh, the men, John and and, and Peter had been brought before the leaders. And listen to what he says from the Amplified Bible. You men of Israel, listen to what I have to say. Now that was, that was before, that was after being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus of Nazareth, a man accredited and pointed out and showed forth and commended and attested to you by God, by the mighty works, and the power of performing wonders and signs which God worked through him right in your midst as you yourselves know. Accredited, you know the meaning of it. Let's look at it from the New King James Version uh, of, of the same scripture. He says, listen to what I say. Jesus of Nazareth, do you know that he had really to, 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 to specify, specify that it's Jesus of Nazareth? Because still there were many Jesuses in that time. Children called Jesus. So he had to specify Jesus of Nazareth. You remember by Jesus? You remember other names that are there? But he had to specify. Hey, like you say, John. There's so many Johns. Even probably today I may say, everyone who's John, may you please stand up? So I may have to, t to say now, this is John of Kahuhia in Moranga. You understand? Now you know that's exactly the one I'm talking about. Or oh, the tall John. 
You know, told John, that's the one I'm talking about. But men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God, accredited, affirmed by what he was doing, by God to you, but how was God accrediting him or attesting him? By miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst as you yourselves know. In other words, church, is this. You're supposed to be expecting miracles. Amen. You are supposed to be expecting signs and wonders accompanying you. Anyone who's experienced miracle this week and signs or wonder? Anyone? Have one, have one over there? Have one, one over there? Anyone? Okay. All right. Did you lay hands on the sick and they, they jumped out of their chairs? Come on. Anyone? You did that? You, 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 you laid hands on the sick? They got healed? That, that, that's, that's right over there. We talk about, yeah, instant healing. That's exactly what happened. Deliverance. Why is this young man over here we prayed for on Wednesday? Johnson, are you, Johnson, is you, are you here today? He didn't come here over here, but he, ex, he experienced something. I would have wanted to hear of his testimony of what he experienced on Wednesday. We, we laid hands on him, and, and God walked in his life. We're talking about signs. We're talking of Miracles. This is what I'm challenging you with. That stop just waking up every day and see things just going on the way they're supposed to go with no life of heaven coming into your situations. There is, they shouldn't. In fact, let me share with you something over here before you go into uh, my, my notes. You know, it's so unfortunate of what we saw this past Sunday of uh, the crash, the Ethiopian Airlines, and about 32 family, I mean, 32 people actually killed. Do you have anyone who's here that directly your family members, I mean, your family members are affected? Anyone directly you're affected? No family member? No one? Thank God. Praise the Lord. But I, I know at least... Uh, Certain gentlemen, we were neighbors some years ago, Tina and I, living in the same, uh, same flat. Actually, we are neighbors. Next door neighbors, his sister died in the crash. But look at this. That happened, and really, it's so much compassion to the families. So much. But even from then, the news, the news, the media is full of deaths, if you have noticed. In fact, like an example, we went, uh, Tina and I went on, this past Wednesday, uh, for funeral, this past Thursday, actually, for funeral uh, service of our former boss, uh, retired in 2015. And we went, and this, one of her colleagues, I saw her there in, the, in that funeral service. That was on Thursday. And then I left. But on Friday morning, when Tina went to work, that colleague was healthy, pastor's wife, woke up in the morning, not feeling well, and a few minutes later, she was gone in her early 50s. Just gone, just that. And so, you know, I, I felt that. You know, I, I know the lady, and we lived, actually, this is a time we lived also in the same flood. I know the lady, but I felt, I knew she was born again. I mean, she's born again. She went to heaven. But I felt for her husband and the children, the boys. There's three boys. The youngest, I think, is in form two. The th three boys been left that way. And then we go, I think on Friday night, 9 o'clock news, and I'm seeing deaths, deaths, 
death in the headlines. I say, I'm not going to watch that. I don't have time for that. Let me show you something here when those things happen that you need to be aware of. Don't be speaking death. And agreeing with the death. Let me show you of how you can agree with death. You know, you, you are here with your friend and they are talking and you went for the funeral and you say, in fact, this past week then, that's one of them and there's another friend of mine's dad also who passed on just that way in his car. And, you know, when he was taking him to the hospital, he just left that way. But the two numbers then, this, in fact, I haven't deleted them. I have to delete. I need to delete because they no longer need mobile phones wherever they are. But look at this. If you start talking this way that, you know, nowadays you don't know. You may wake up in the morning very well and you are gone at lunch, during lunchtime. And, and then you are there. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know, you, you, you are inviting death. You are programming your life for the devil to steal, kill, and destroy your life. Look at this. As a believer in Christ, when you give up the ghost, you'll go to heaven. But God has called you and I for purposes here on this earth, not to be removed on this earth prematurely. And that's why I'll never understand of I don't care what kind of a title you are called in the body of Christ, but someone, a mama has died, and, and they've left little children, and here comes a so-called a man of God, and they say the will of God has been done. Fool, you ought to be reading the will of God. I'm, I call him fool because that's foolishness. And, and they say that that's the God's work. Who told you? What kind of God's work is that? I know God who's loving. I know God who cares for his people. I know God who's a father to the fatherless. And you say God is a murderer? God murdered that girl? God murdered that, that, that the, the father and the mother to leave them as, as, as children, as, as, as orphans? No, that's not the God of the Bible. I don't care what your doctrine tells you. That's not the God of the Bible. You need to go find out who God is. God is a good God. I'm speaking in loudly to drive it out of you so that you know not being brainwashed by such religion. He's a little baby died, 10 years, and they say, you know, God has taken his angel in heaven. They really needed someone to sing in the choir. That's foolishness. That's foolishness. That's not the God of the Bible. That's not the God of faith. That's not the one that you believe, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Go do your homework before you stand before people and tell them such. But what I'm telling you, admonishing you, don't agree with death. Proverbs 18, 21, says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Don't agree with death. Don't talk about death. Talk about life. Glory be to God. Oh yeah, but pastor, but one day will you not come out of your body? Yes, I will, but not prematurely. Not prematurely. Not just dying like a mosquito. Amen. Do you know they couldn't kill Jesus? Oh, they couldn't. He gave up his ghost. 
They stoned Paul until he died and then he rose up again. That's amazing. That's, isn't that good that you, you just refuse to die? Refuse to fear. Say, I refuse to fear. I fear no man. I fear no death. I fear no devil. There's no fear in here. You could say that. You should say there's no fear in here. When you, talk, you start talking to church people, that way they look at you like, where are you from? From heaven, born again. Amen. Amen. That's where you come from. Align yourself with purposes of God and refuse death, fear of death, and, 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 and say it. You say, devil, no, I refuse to die. The one who has the keys of Hades and death is not you. Is God in heaven. I'm going to read, for that sake, I'm going to read you three scriptures, then you go back into the name of Jesus. Let's go to Proverbs 18, 21. Let me give you some ammunition. Proverbs 18, 21. Are you there? Death and life find the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. It's in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. In other words, don't, don't talk death words. The word of God has life. Talk life. Believe in the life of God. Mama, Baba, meditate. See yourself being a great grandfather and great grandmother. Healthy. Strong, stunning, strong. Hallelujah. And you one day having lunch and you just go home. And tell them, children, I'm going home. You are? Yeah, after lunch, the Lord showed me that I'll be home. Okay. Yeah, so you know you'll find me over there because all of you children, you are now born again, you know that. You'll find me home. You say, that's fine, Grandpa. And you have your lunch and you go there and have a nap and you're gone. Especially us Africans, when you start talking about death, people just become death look. <laughs> Thank God these ones are life people. Go to First Peter chapter 3. First Peter 3.8. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, Love us, brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous. Not returning evil for evil or reviling for evil, but on the contrary, blessing. Knowing that you are called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his eyes are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. In other words, he would love life and see good days. Just dying abruptly is not seeing good days. Your children ought to be enjoying life, people. Amen? You, you, you refrain your tongue from evil. You start speaking the living word of God. You believe the living word of God. And you say it, believing that it will come to pass. In Hebrews chapter, chapter 2, in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 it says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself talking about Jesus, 
That's the one I'm talking about. By the way, when you're using the name of Jesus, you're using the name of the one who rose from the dead and death no longer has power over him. That's what I'm talking about. Now he's talking about, in as much then as children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil. Who did what? Had. Past tense. He had the power of death. But after the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, he no longer have the power of death. So don't fear death. He no longer have the power of death. And, and look at this in verse 15. And release those through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. In other words, fear of death is bondage. Well, let, let, let's face some reality over here. If someone is fearing flying, what are they actually fearing? You see that? Uh, you know, I just don't like flying. No, let's be plain with you. You're fearing death. You see that? So what do you do when you get into a plane? Before you get into a plane, use your faith. What do you do when you get into a vehicle? Use your faith. What do you do when you're walking down out there? Use your faith. What am I talking about? The just shall live by faith. That's what I'm talking about. Use your faith. What about your provision? Get your faith working. Go to the word of God. Find out what the word of God says concerning your provision. What about your children? Same. What about your health? Same. Use your faith. Faith is not for Sunday. It's for every single day of our lives. Then the last one then in um, Revelation chapter 1. That was not part of my notes. But I want to put some ammunition in you. Amen. Amen. Um, uh, Revelation chapter 1 talking about Jesus when he spoke to, to, to John in verse 17 says and when I saw him I fell at his feet as dead but he laid his right hand on me saying to me do not be afraid I am the first and the last I am he who lives and was dead and behold I'm alive forevermore Amen. And I have what? The keys of Hades and death. Whoa. Amen. So when thoughts come of death, you say, no, devil. No. I refuse to die prematurely, and I refuse for my children to die prematurely. You don't have the power, the keys of Hades and death. My Lord Jesus Christ has and I have access to his name. Therefore, I cast out death. I refuse to fear. I refuse to fear death. I refuse to fear any kind of sickness and disease. I refuse to, to fear. That's what you, you, you say that. You don't use words like I'm afraid. You know, I'm afraid we won't meet tomorrow. What are you afraid of? You, you understand? You refuse anything that is called fear. And this is the good news, church. This is the last one, I think, for this part. 
But this is the good news over here. Go to, to Peter, First Peter, chapter 4. So, sorry, First Peter, chapter 5. It talks about, verse 8, it talks about be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But look at verse 9. Resist him. How do you resist him? Resist him steadfast in the faith. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world, you resist him steadfast in the faith. You are not a victim. You you understand that? You refuse to be a victim of him. And you resist him uh, with your faith. The the scripture actually I was targeting also is in James chapter 4, verse 7. James 4, 7. It says, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Don't, you. don't you like when you're standing against someone and you know that, listen, God doesn't, doesn't lie. He says if you resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Don't you know that if you're standing against someone, let me give you an example I gave a while ago, kind of like it dawned on me that way. If, if I know Deacon Duncan here is big and he's tall and he has more strength than me. But the way he is programmed that he cannot, he can only withstand pressure for five minutes. You understand that? And after five minutes he has no power but I'll overcome him. What will be my target when I'm dealing with him? I know he's He's, he, when he reaches five minutes, he cannot go. He cannot go past that. I will be standing in faith for five past five minutes, six minutes, because I know all my strength is geared to resist him. Because I know when he gets to the fifth minute, he'll be crushed and he'll be running away from me because he doesn't have the stamina to continue the fifth minute, the, the sixth minute. So what will I do? I know he's programmed that he cannot he cannot withstand if I resist him. So when you are dealing with the devil, know this. He's programmed to flee when I resist him. You see that? However much the pressure is, You resist him steadfastly with the faith. You go to the word of God. You find what the word of God says. And you put your faith on God's word. You know he has to flee because you have resisted him. So you stand right there in faith. And the next thing he goes, because he can't stand, you resisting him, he has to flee. I preached myself happy right there. You could have been shouting and say, yeah, now I know how to deal with the devil. That's exactly how we're supposed to deal with him. Amen. My point is here. 
None of you is planned by God to die prematurely. So don't accept any death. None of you. With long life, he will satisfy you and show you his salvation. Amen? With long life to see even the third and fourth generation. Amen. Our friend of mine, I'm saying he's 97, and he says that he's, he turned, he's turning 97 this year. I think he turned in February. But, but he says this, he's a retired reverend. He says this, you know, I talk to the Lord, and if I told him, if you really like me, you can, you can let me stay until 100 years. Then I can go home. So he has three years to get to 100. Amen. And if you've been praying prayers of departing, what's your problem? <laughs> Heaven is not for escapees. <laughs> you escape from the earth so that you can go to heaven. No. Stand with, in faith. Believe God in faith. Amen. God has much more for you and I. Let's see if we can go to some scriptures over here and then before you go home. So in Acts chapter 4 verse 10, Acts chapter 4 verse 10, going back to the name of Jesus. So then uh, dealing also with the fear of death, you say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I refuse to fear. In Acts chapter 4 verse 10, I say, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel, but that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, God raised from the dead. By him, this man stands here before you all. By what? The name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In Acts chapter 4, verse 13, and now what, what happens after that, I wish you could read all of it, but you can go do it in your own time. They started saying, now we have a problem here because these men are talking about the name of Jesus. And I'm going to read several scriptures, ladies, over here so that you can go into the details of it. But in Acts chapter 4, look at verse, uh, verse 1. Uh, Peter and John had been arrested. Now as the people, they spoke to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. In other words, that resurrection of the dead now was disturbing them. Let me tell you something. Where our power is, church, is in the resurrection. Power is in the resurrection. And the good news is this, that the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. You know, you, know, you know, even in dealing with, uh, again, death, death so thoughts, when you start thinking of the spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead is in me. What does that mean? If this is the spirit who went to the domain of the kingdom of darkness and raised Jesus from the dead and is the one who is in me, what does that mean? There is no death in here. 
That's exactly what it means. There is no death in here. I refuse death. And God says this, with that same spirit, he gives life to our mortal bodies. Then you start using your faith, then you say, therefore, every organ in this body, you name them. You name the organs, however, however far your biology goes, but you name them, but even you say in the name of Jesus, the name covers every organ, you say, receive the life of God and be healed now in the name of Jesus, and you do it every single day. You believe God for healing, church. Don't allow sickness. Sickness doesn't come from God. It doesn't come to teach you anything. Jesus already paid the price, and if you listen to him, he will teach us that you don't have to be sick. Amen? Amen. Now look at this then. So they, they were speaking of the resurrection from the dead, and the light laid hands on them, verse 3, and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who had the word believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. Now, so here are leaders, they are gathering all the rulers, and then in verse 7 it says, And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? You see what they say? By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, If we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands before, here before you whole. The name has miracles. The name has signs, wonders. The name, you think of the name, you think about the person of Jesus. You think about the character of Jesus. You cannot separate a person from character uh, from his name. So you invoke that name, you're invoking all who Jesus is, or he is right now. He walked on this earth and rose up from the dead, and the same has power today. Look at verse 13. I like this one. If you don't shout about this one, we need to raise you up from the dead. Listen this. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and an untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. This these men, we know them, they are untrained. They are uneducated. Read it from the Amplified Bible. I'll give it to the Amplified Bible. They are uneducated, untrained, but this is the qualification they had. Come on. They had been with Jesus. You may have to go to places and you, you know, people are looking at you and you think, how did you get here? I've been with Jesus. <laughs> Amen. How did you ever get here? I mean, we know where you came from. We know, we know even the level of your education. We know the level of your training in this area. 
How did you come over here? Hey, you have a qualification bigger than any qualification I've been with Jesus. Look at this. Now when they saw the boldness and unfettered eloquence. That's good English, yeah? Dr. Chris, that's good. <laughs> unfettered eloquence of Peter and John. Now, this is describing an education, educated people. Unfettered eloquence of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and untrained in the schools. Common to men with no educational advantages. Come on. In, look at this. You, you know in education, the higher you go in education, you realize the more you, need, you want to learn. You understand? You start also still applying that same scripture. And if you're in a kindergarten level, you still also apply this scripture. You stay with Jesus. He will take you to places. With no educational advantages, they marveled. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Now, that's supernatural. That supersedes everything, church. That super choir, that's all it matters. Amen. Amen. The songs of heaven, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It says, all what it matters is this. Have you, been, have you spent time with Jesus? That's life transforming. In other words, the situation that you are in, you, you may feel like, I'm not even qualified to do this. Anyone who's ever been employed, given a job that you don't qualify for? Anyone? Yes? Yeah? Good. It's exactly what it is. Qualify. Can I tell you something? I'm not qualified to pass. <laughs> but, but, but the Lord saved me. And he qualified me. There's a key right over there. is believing God for whatever you're doing. You believe in that name of Jesus. You believe in his ability. You believe. Glory be to God. Now look at me. You realize we've been with Jesus. You, you set your mind. This is the qualification that you have. That no matter what happens, you are with Jesus. Some of you are already distracted. Now, Going back to my, to my notes over here, is this. Let me re- remind you of this. His name is talking about his person and his character. All right? I'm the one talking. The, okay? He's talking about his name, his person, and his character. Now, let me show you some things over here. In Matthew chapter 28, one thing that you are sure of, when he tells you he's going to do something, he will do it. Oh yeah, that's the, that's the beauty of it, of his name. When he tells you he's going to do something, he will do it. Now we're talking about his person. We're talking about his character. One of it is his faithful church. You go to the promise and you find that God is faithful. It changes not. Amen. You rely on God's faithfulness in whatever you do. Because remember, he's, he died and, and he's resurrected and he goes to heaven. And in, verse, uh, in Matthew chapter 28, in verse 20, 
Oh, I should start it further behind there. Matthew 28, I should read more scriptures from there. He's raised from the dead, and in verse 16, then the eleven disciples went into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, and some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, look at this, look at this name. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now, church, that means when you're using the name of Jesus, you are actually invoking all authority in heaven and on earth. Angels hearken to that name. Angels respond to that name. Your situation, when you speak the word of God, it recognizes that name, recognizes that name. I was taught this way in the Bible school, that when you are releasing faith, speaking the word of faith, actually what you are doing, you are releasing God into the situation. You, you, you understand that? that? Does that make faith? Not sense. Does it make faith? You, you're speaking, let, let's say like uh, you have an issue concerning our home. You're speaking uh, faith concerning our home. When you speak faith, according to, our, to the word of God, you are releasing God into that situation. You are releasing God to work in that situation. If it's healing, that's the same thing that is happening. When you start speaking in the name, when you start saying, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed, you're releasing all who God is into that situation because he's already paid the price for you to be whole and be healed. So then, he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And he says, go therefore. He says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. When he says go, he's given you, it's called delegated authority actually. It's the power of attorney. He's telling you, now you can go. Wherever you go, you're going in my authority. Wherever you go, you're going in my name. Whatever you do, you're doing it in my name, then I am in the midst of them. That's, is that not what he said? I am right there. You start becoming more conscious of his presence in whatever you do. But look at this then. He says, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. What did you read about those, those uh, Peter and John? They were uneducated, but the, the difference was this. They had been with Jesus, and Jesus says this, I am with you always. Woo! I'm with you always to the end of the age. Just think about you in the, tomorrow morning, you're going to, to work and you're thinking like, I'm with Jesus. I'm with Jesus. Amen. Oh, by the way, the, you know, I gave instruction to greet people, anyone who will greet people in the, the lift. Uh, hey, you did, you did, good. Were they two or four or ten? Several people did. But you know, I got a text around 6.20 a.m. on Monday morning. <laughs> 
That's someone I'd already greeted, and I told him, you come for your 2,000, I'll give that to you. He said, he did it so early in the, in the lift, and he said, I said good morning in the lift. You be bold enough. Did anyone try and you felt like your mouth, like your tongue now was over the road, of your mouth, and you couldn't say anything more than that, good morning? Just think about this then, if you start walking around and you start thinking, I am with Jesus in this situation. And the thing is this church, he's in me. Then you start thinking this manner, Jesus and I are facing this life. Jesus and I are facing this business today. And you start asking him, Lord, what do you want me to do? I don't know how many times I ask, Lord, what do you want me to do regarding this situation, Lord? And he'll tell you. <laughs> he'll tell you. It, you know, the, there's a certain pain that I had just in between my shoulder, uh, shoulder blades. I mean, I think it's been over here. But this past month, it was so bad. I mean, just bad. And finally, I read something, and uh, I got an impression of it, and I checked in the, uh, you know, I, I checked some information, and I realized, whoa, I've been entertaining the devil. In fact, I was, I was with my, my, my cousin this past, past Friday, and I was talking to her, and, you know, I will sit down, and I have really to be moving my, my shoulders around. And then, um, now, sitting, like, in the couch, like, watching television, I just... I had to just be moving around quite a bit or wanting to lie down. I'm thinking, God, you have to do something over me. What do you want me to do? And I'll take Holy Communion and I just believe God, I'm healed and all that. Then, yesterday, he gave me an answer. In the afternoon. In fact, I'd come for the training for ushers and greeters and counselors. And I went back. I felt so much pain. He gave me an answer in the, in the evening, in the afternoon, late afternoon. And I'm telling you, I took authority over that devil. I'm serious. And immediately left. Why? Revelation from God gives you a key into your situation. I really want, remember last week you talked about uh, instructions? When you receive revelation of the name, it grants you the key into situations. There is nothing that name cannot do. I realized, in fact, I was waiting for Tina and she came back and said, do you know I got rid of that thing? Do you know I found out what actually the issue was? And I woke up, I sat last night until late last, late last evening and I was okay. And I woke up this morning and realized, Oh, I'm okay. At some point, I was blaming the mattress. You know, I've even slept in the mattress for some few years, and you realize. Do you know you're supposed to be changing? Your, I'm, I'm, I'm still believing God for the. You know, you're supposed to be changing your mattress also. Do you know it's proven that a third of your life is spent sleeping? If you live 90 years, you spent what? 30 years sleeping. Do you want to sleep in a rugged mattress? We may have to employ ushers and counselors to go to their homes to find out. 
how your mattress is. <laughs> we find a person is, is driving a big car. <laughs> With a mattress that, 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 is, uh, that is driving a big car. With a mattress that is almost nothing. I mean, that is backward thinking. Because you don't spend your, a third of your life in your vehicle. You know what I'm talking about? But a third of it you spend sleeping. So anyway, anyone who's believing God for ma- mattress, you receive it. I receive mattress. <laughs> I receive good orthopedic mattress. And make sure you do your assignment so well so that when you sleep, you have good dreams uninterrupted. <laughs> but, but thank God I got the, the key and I'm actually healed from that. It was so bad. God wants you to be aware of his presence in whatever you face. Amen. That's the whole point. He wants you to be aware of his presence. Remember, he told them, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And when, 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 uh, when Peter and John, after his death and resurrection, they baptized with the Holy Spirit, they started, they were depending on that name because they could depend on the person of Jesus. They knew if we called upon his name, he will show up and he will do miracles, signs and wonders. Because his character is faithfulness. He will never fail you. You see what I'm saying? Now look at this. This is the confidence when you pray in that name, then our prayers are answered. Please don't just pray without faith. Now I'm giving you faith in the name so that when you pray in the name of Jesus, expect power. That's what I'm talking about. Expect power. Remember what, 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 what Peter, Peter and John said. It's not in our own power. Or in our godliness that we have done this. In other words, there's a power in that name. If you have faith in that name, there's a power in that name. So in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk, they release the power of God. Because in his name, there is power. And in Mark 16, 20, and they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord walking with them and confirming the word through their company signs, amen. Whatever he did, whatever they, they went, because they went in the name of Jesus, God, uh, they, they went and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through their company signs, amen. You know, it will make the whole difference when you start being aware of his presence and walking with him. It will make the whole difference. You know, if life is going to come upon your business, then you have to be aware of his presence and his instructions. If life is going to come upon your marriage, then you have to be aware of his presence and working with you. Whatever it is, what you're doing, if you're a student, whatever it is, I'm telling you, life begins when you are aware of his presence. I remember on that 21st of June, 1996, on Friday night, on, the Lord spoke to me immediately after I've given my life to Christ. And then the following day, on Saturday morning, when I woke up, 
I'm telling you the truth. When God spoke to me, everything changed. I woke up that morning on Saturday and I felt exactly that everything around me was full of life. I looked at our homestead and I realized life had come. Because in my homestead, I knew death was just there. I mean, it was. It was so bad in my, my home. I, I, I knew there was so much death was. There's so much that was full of death that I was about to commit suicide. But then I woke up that morning. I knew everything had changed. I looked up to the sky and it was no longer the sky that I was used to. Life had come upon me. It, when you experience life, everything around you become lively. You know, sometimes if, if you believe God is the one who took you to that place of work, really, you, 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 and, and you become, you've become bored, the, the place of work hasn't become, hasn't, is not bore, boring, but it's, you need to, to go before the Lord and start experiencing his presence, you find that you'll go to that office again with the Lord and everything has changed. Amen. The resurrection power in you changes situations. Amen. That's the way life is. You start spending time with the Lord and everything concerning you changes. What, what, what about if people say, like, you know, I'm married nowadays, I'm really, my wife is boring. No, your wife is not boring. Or my husband is boring. No, he's not. What you need just is to start taking time with each other and that allow that life to flow out of you. I like saying it this way, you know, the first moments when you looked at each other and there were stars all over your eyes. You start going to that moment and you start remembering Sometimes I've sat down and I'm just looking at Tina and just looking at her. She said, why are you looking at me that way? I said, just, just admiring you. I mean, you, you're just get, staring at me. I said, that's fine. Don't blush. I'm just admiring you. We've <laughs> married long enough. You go back and you think of the days you used to meet in the restaurant and you're just looking at each other. You don't have any words. Just look at each other. <laughs> Isn't that good when you turn like 70 and 80 and 90 and you're looking at each other? To see your eyes are full of light. Amen? In Hebrews 13, very common scripture we know of. Jesus. Let's say it together. Jesus Christ. It's never changed. So he's a God of miracles. He's a God of signs, wonders, and miracles. And in his name, they're miracles. Amen? That's what I, I came today to do something over here in the name of Jesus. If you feel like you're in a place that nothing is moving, or you've tried it over and over again and doesn't look like uh, anything is moving, today we want to to release life upon you Amen. and change circumstances. You're in a, in a situation, might be, it may be even a physical uh, ailment. You feel like, you know, I don't feel like nothing, anything is happening. There's power in this name. And we are going to call upon the name of Jesus and that miracle, signs and wonders 
happening in your life and your life changing. You start seeing again. You start dreaming again. You start singing again. Amen. If you're in a place that you found that you no longer you, you, you no longer sing. You know, you come to a place like life is so much. You know, when you are so much oppressed, you can sing. Really. You know, if you, find, you want to know if people are oppressed, they, they can't even sing. I remember our sister, my, our sister some years ago who came and had gone through a lot of things in her life. And then came and started staying with Tina and I for some time. She was so oppressed when she came. It didn't take long. We'll hear her singing in the kitchen. We knew things had changed. We'll hear her sing, sing in the kitchen, just, sing, just singing and singing and singing the, the songs concerning our Lord, and we knew things had changed. And really, she, she changed tremendously. Remember that, how much she changed tremendously. Her life really changed because of just being with us and hearing the word of God and coming to church and receiving the word of God, her life really has been transformed. So it may be in a place that no longer songs probably in your house that you feel like there's so much oppression. We want to release life upon you today in the name of Jesus and, and, in, and release that resurrection power to change your life, to change your situation. I want us to make a prayer together before I give our next instruction over here. Stand up on your feet, please, you understood. Lead into your prayer. And I want you really to pray this prayer. I think this is the time we'll be singing Waymaker. That's all. At some point, I'll see you. I'll see what to do. I want you to make this prayer. Let me, let me, let me make a statement over here. You may be in our place that that situation has been stubborn. You know stubborn situations? You've, you've stood by in the word of, by the, on the word of God and believed God, but it seems like the situation is not changing. Such situations, I'm not saying definitely everything, but such situations, mostly, you may find a demonic spirit behind it. And you get the key, you lose that situation. You release, you release the power of God and the healing comes upon you. Or whatever it is, the restoration comes upon you because or you've gotten rid of that demonic spirit. Someone's insane, like, oh, pastor, did you say that I have a demon? I mean, we have an enemy. I didn't tell you that. But we have demons bringing in oppression. It may be something that has been oppressive upon you. We're going to get rid of it today in the name of Jesus. You, you felt like it's been, you've been stagnated for a while. We're going to get rid of that in the name of Jesus. And, and right now, I want you to pray this prayer. Let it come from your heart. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, your word says, if I confess my sins, you are faithful and just to forgive my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I right now confess my sins 
I repent of any door that I have opened in any way for the oppression of the devil in my life. I renounce his power of me. I renounce his power of me through faith in the name of Jesus. Yes, the faith which comes through Jesus. And I will receive my breakthrough. Through faith in the name of Jesus. Yes, the faith which comes through Jesus. And I will receive my breakthrough. Thank you, Father. I praise and worship you. Hallelujah. Give him praise in the house. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now close your eyes and lift up your hands and I just want to take authority over this. Now I take authority over every demonic spirit behind your issues. I invoke the name of Jesus. I say devil of God's people of God's people right now in the name of Jesus I thank you father for the power I command deafness deafness is there a person who been having problem with your ear of and on come on just lift up your hands quickly be having problem with your with your ear that is being over there for quite some time or right, I see that I see any another hand over okay all right I see that I'm going to lay hands on you somebody when you when come over here I'm going to take authority over it and release 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 the power of God and I command the deafening spirit I command you to leave God's people right now I break your power in the name of Jesus. Here be healed. Bodies be healed. Whatever it is in your life, the name of Jesus is greater than every name and therefore whatever situation you have has a name and I invoke the name of Jesus and I command in the name of Jesus situations change right now. Father, thank you for your power. Thank you for your power.